Greetings. Welcome to today's podcast. My name is Fernando. I am an alcoholic. I will be running the Zoom class here from uh, Hawaii, Honolulu, Waikiki, solely by God's grace. I'm here, fully clothed and in my right mind. I got a free week in Waikiki, and I I had a free week in Kauai, meaning my friends host a sponsee sponsees of ours come to Hawaii and they invite us and they provide free room and board. How's that for gratitude? We're very grateful. We were only assigned one week and I prayed for a second week and they had a cancellation on their the island hopping. They went to the Kona Big Island, then they went to Kauai, the Garden Island, and we went there with them for a week, travel all over that island had a great time and now we all flew over here to Waikiki for another week Uh, I'm very grateful but I'm kind of anxious to get back to my AA service work at the park coffee meetings and taking care of myself as far as uh, Al-Anon and having meetings with Al-Anon and my people there that I learned to love and respect and appreciate so Right now, I'm waiting for the Zoom class to start. Hopefully, uh, a couple of guys will show up and we'll have ourselves a meeting. So, thank you so much for being here. And let's go ahead and pray the the serenity prayer, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change those things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Thank you. Thank you guys for coming in to uh, today's uh, podcast. I'm Fernando. I'm alcoholic. Let's go ahead and uh, say the set-aside prayer. God, I set aside everything I know about you, about my fellow man, and this program for a fresh new revelation and ideas in you, in my fellow man, and this program. How How to be of best service. Amen. Amen. Okay, go ahead and listen up, Sean, and get to work. I'm going to read from the, uh, and then I'm going to ask Deborah, Deb, to comment, okay? Because we have a good, if I can do it, figure out how to do it. Here we go. Okay, today's reflection is let go and let God for the 7th of November. Praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 96. When I let go and let God, I think more clearly and wisely without having to think about it. I quickly let go of things that cause me immediate pain and discomfort. Because I find it hard to let go of the kind of worrisome thoughts and attitudes that cause me immense anguish, All I need to do during these times is allow God, as I understand Him, I pressed the wrong button, as I understand Him to release them for me, and then and there I let go of the thought, memories, and attitudes that are troubling me. When I receive help from God, as I understand Him, I can live my life one day at a time and handle whatever challenges come my way. Only then can I live a life of victory over alcohol and comfortable sobriety. Would anybody like to share on that? 
reading, let go and let God. Have you accomplished that? I will. Okay. Okay. Um, I would like to say, uh, the, the, the that you read today, I'm, I'm being able to get better at that. Um, the insanity and the, and the things that go on in your head don't stay as long now. And I really believe because, um, this workshop I had gone to, she talks about, uh, when you're practicing, the workshop is about the fourth step. Uh, when your spiritual abilities are, they're happening for me. So now that they are, it's easier to just, uh, flow over into that. I mean, my mind still starts, but uh, I, I'm kind of disciplining myself to say, no, 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 no. Uh, I need to trust in the Lord with all my heart. And and as I learn to do that, there's that saying where my, I'm going to keep my head where my feet are planted. And that helps me also to physically move into my day without going crazy. That's it. Amen. Amen. Sean. What's up? How, how do you let go and let God? <laughs> how do I let go and let God? By not giving it to my, uh, <laughs> it's my fleshly desires, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when I go to meetings, uh, I pray to God. I try to give him like uh, all my problems. I try not to dwell on all my problems too much. You know, I mean, I try to, I try to meditate, uh, on God's word and, uh, on what I hear in meetings and stuff like that, I guess. So, Amen. Amen. Uh, there you go. You said it. I, I have heavy machinery running in the background, so I really couldn't hear uh, what you guys were saying. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh, you did good. You, you hit it right on the money. You got me started. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you right on. Right on. Well, thank you. I'm Fernando. I'm alcoholic. Um, when I hear a word and then God establishes that word for me, you can fall in love with a word or a set of words and they, and they become my uh, um, ally. One word, if I allow the word to go into my heart. I guess that's one of the reasons meditation and prayer work so well is because you let words seep in and then those words will, will keep me for the, for the day against my old memory, which is not strong enough for my new words to be established. Um, I really, I saw that God is in behind the words as an encouraging person, as a guy that wants you to find your way and scribble something for you and gives it to you on a piece of paper and you read it and you feel the compassion and the love and the strength coming through those words. You know, this is the way to, to go. This is the way to take the path. You know, this is, uh, you know, just let it go and 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 it be uh, established. Uh, let me really quickly read the little 24 hour for today and see what it entails. Maybe it has something for us. It says, a thought for the day. I have lost many of my resentments. I have found that getting even with people doesn't do any good. When we try to get revenge instead of making us, instead of making us feel better, it leaves us frustrated and cheated. Instead of punishing our enemies, 
We only hurt our own peace of mind. It does not pay to nurse or grudge it. It hurts us more than anyone else. Hate causes frustration, inner conflict, and neuroses. If we give to our hate, we will become hateful. If we are resentful, we'll be resented. If we do not like people, we will not be liked by people. Revengefulness is a powerful poison in our systems. Have I lost my resentments? Meditation for the day. It is not so much you as the grace of God that is in you that helps those around you. If you would help even those you dislike, you have to see that there is nothing in you to block the way to keep God's grace from using you. Your own pride and selfishness are the greatest blocks. My own pride and selfishness or, or self-pity is my greatest block. Keep those out of the way and God's grace will follow through you into the lives of others. Then all who come in contact with you can be helped in some way. Keep the channel open, free from those things that make you free. Keep yourself free from, the, from a life of futile and ineffectiveness. Prayer for the day. I pray that all who come in contact with me will feel better for it. I pray that I may be careful not to harbor those things in my heart that put people off. Amen. Did anyone get anything out of that? Reading. Yes, but it's early in the morning. I can't think. <laughs> it, it was, I had to get up at 3.45 over here to log on at 4 in the morning to be on my Zoom class all last oh week. Oh, my God. And today. And, and you said, huh? I'm sorry, you, you said something last night. What, what was that? Oh, that was a girl talking that was in your area. She was over here, a, uh, a lady that I... Oh, it was her. Oh, I was already, I, I, I was already like I 9.30 over here. Yeah, it was, was like, it was only 7.30, 7 o'clock here. <laughs> oh, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you lucky duck. <laughs> but Sean, Sean came on. He was up. I knew he'd be up. He was up. Shop is up. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, I, I didn't stay up for the whole thing, but I mean, it's. I have. I was like, you're sending me a meeting at nine forty-five at night. <laughs> okay. I, know I, I said, like, check it an out. hour and a half. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I checked it out for about. I, I listened to the speaker. <laughs> that was that was awesome. That was good resilience, good dedication, and good respect. Thank you for that, Sean. Thank you for coming out. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and, and, I figured I'd stay for the speaker at least. Yeah, but. and she's a local from that area there, and she's too wanting to live in Hawaii full time. I, I think I have a clip of her for she spoke at the park a couple of years ago, and I have her recording. So I'll see if I can find it and send it to your email, both of you. Uh, okay. You know, there's some people that I, I give a 10 to, and, and and she's one. Even even this talk, I'll send you the full full talk again, so you can uh, go over it. It's about parents, right? It was about parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. The, the lady's name is Jody. I have her on the podcast yeah. there. Um, Amen. So the best way for me is to, uh, is to take uh, hurts off. Is to is you know is to write it down and pray for all the people that I hate, dislike, and and I, and that hurt me. And be obedient. I think God 
he he blesses our obedience we're children of god and we pray for the ones the people that hurt us and we let go and let god and then he rewards us and fixes them the way he wants to fix them you know we we don't we, i don't play god i just let go and let god thank god for them that's what i was praying this morning is learn how to take those old hatches out of myself and other people they keep hurting my now keep hurting my future those old hatches for instance, my dad left. I cried as a kid, and that it turned into a hatch. Finally got, got over it at 45 years old. All right, guys, I love you very much. Thank you so much for coming in here. True Troopers, let's go ahead and pray out with the Lord's Prayer and get on with our day, huh? Yeah? Sounds good. <laughs> You're good, Deborah. Yes, I'm watching. All righty, okay. Take care of the 9 a.m., uh, the uh, Elnon. I won't be there for Friday at least. Okay. Thank you. All right, let's go ahead and pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, Lord, in heaven. hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Have a great okay. day, guys. Keep coming right, back. You too, Bye. Bye. Enjoy yourself, man. Just like, you know, very spiritual, very, you know, jovial uh, energy. And then she shared uh, about some serious stuff. And I just thought that, like, God, what, that's like the power of this program. You know, it's like, it's like you can be, be going through some really tough stuff in life. But this program just gives you life and spirit. And, uh, and I just thought I, I would love um, share at this meeting and i'm super grateful uh for that so uh please help me to introduce jody unmuted okay i can't see anything hi everybody i'm jody and i'm an alcoholic and i am so grateful that i was invited to join all of you tonight um this helps me in my recovery so much because i've learned to just be honest and humble and share what's on my heart um, my sobriety date is February 10, 2019. I first came into the rooms in 2010. And for eight years, I tried to do it my way. I tried to control my drinking. I tried to do everything described in chapter three, to drink only wine with dinner, to drink only beer at the football games, to drink only two drinks, to drink water in between. I mean, I tried everything. And for very short periods of time, just like the book tells us, it would work until it didn't because I don't have that off switch. I don't drink like a normal human being. I 
am described exactly as the book lays out. I have a phenomenon of craving and I get that first drink in me and I immediately start thinking about the next drink. And then enough is never enough. And when that was really clear to me was on a vacation in Cabo at an all-inclusive resort where I'm sitting at the pool and I'm seeing all of these people with their wristbands on that they can drink anything that they want all day long, as much as they want, unlimited alcohol, and nobody's drinking. And I'm just like, I don't understand. Why is nobody drinking? Like, they're able to drink all they want. I would have them lined up along my pool chair, you know? But then it just came over me, like, they're not alcoholic. Like, it's the middle of the day. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. It's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. They don't need to drink to have fun. And I could not conceive that. I thought giving up alcohol meant never having fun again. And when I really looked at what fun means, um, I saw how I was not having fun. I was just getting drunk. I was not establishing relationships with people. I would be listening to someone talk to me at a party and they could be telling me about their mother dying of cancer and I'd be like, hold that thought, I'm gonna grab another drink. You know, I mean, I, I just, I could not focus on anything but alcohol. And um, where that has gotten me today it destroyed my marriage of 20 years to a man that I still love more than anything. But he had to leave me to protect himself. He, he could not take seeing me deteriorate into my disease any longer. And he could not continue, in his own words, what he told me when he left me, he could not continue to lie for me and make up excuses for me and hide my drinking from our children. You know, he had just had enough. And, and we destroy the people that we love. Um, the people that are closest to us, the people that we care the most about, alcohol made me treat them the worst because I felt like I could get away with it. My ego was so enormous that I didn't think there was anything I could do to make my husband leave me. I thought I could get away with murder and I thought that he would always stand by me, but he's only human you know, and um, he didn't deserve that life. And today, instead of me victimizing myself and saying, you know, my husband walked out on me, he cheated on me, he lives with that other woman, which all of that is true. 
I get to say, my husband couldn't deal with my alcoholism anymore. And just like the book says, they find the girl that understands. They find the person that they can pour all of their problems out to. And, you know, I just have to let that go. I have to let that marriage go. I have to let that relationship go. I'm still working on trying to forgive myself because I, I live in a great deal of shame. And um, that shame has me bound up with two adult children that will not have anything to do with me. Um, I'm three years and nine months sober today and they still don't trust me because 20 years of drinking and debauchery and lying and hiding and sneaking around does so much damage to people. And as my sponsor so eloquently tells me, they're barely peeking out from under the bed right now. Like they still don't trust me. And um, my oldest are 24 and 27, and I was not allowed to go to either one of their weddings sober. I have not had a drink in over three and a half years. And they, one just got married Labor Day weekend and still told me I'm having enormous anxiety of thinking, just thinking about you being there. Um, so I'm able to accept that with grace. I'm able to understand that this is the wreckage of my past. This is not something that she's doing to me or at me or against me. She's just wanting to have a beautiful wedding and be herself and love that day without feeling judged or condemned. Or I could also look at it that maybe she's afraid that would be the time that I would relapse. You know, maybe she loves me enough that she wants me to stay sober and she knew that there would be lots of drinking at the wedding. So, you know, changing that perception and being able to see the good in everybody instead of she wouldn't invite me and she hates me and she doesn't want me there but just this is her special day and when i was raising her i didn't make her feel good about herself i didn't do that on purpose but that's the reality of having a mom that put the drink in front of you you know if you put a drink in front of me i couldn't see anything past it and I'm very embarrassed. I'm very ashamed about that. But with you, my people, I can share that and I can still hold my head high because I know it's not me that's a bad person. 
it's my disease that made me sick. And it's my disease that made me selfish. And um, I worked the steps the first time all the way through with one sponsor. And that relieved me of a great deal of my alcoholic thinking, my alcoholic sickness, um, relieving me from the obsession to want to drink. Now I'm working the steps a second time with a second sponsor and it's completely different. It's a whole new experience. And from my own personal experience, I highly recommend when you finish those 12 steps, give yourself a breather and work them again because that onion with the layers that we peel off, like you just explore so much more of yourself. And this time, when I read the book, I replace the word drinking with thinking. Because I don't crave that drink anymore. I don't obsess over drinking anymore. But my mind still needs a lot of work. And my mind is so codependent where... My happiness depends on how good you make me feel. When my daughters call me, I'm happy. I'm on top of the world. When they don't call me, I'm devastated. I'm left out. I'm rejected. I'm alienated. So what I work on today is continuing to change my perception that I get to be happy joyous and free without them in my life and that's what's so hard for me as a mom because a mom wants nothing more than to go to her daughter's weddings a mom wants nothing more than to be the mother of the bride a mom wants nothing more than to have all her little chickens in her nest with her but I drank all that away I didn't lose it. I didn't give it away. Alcohol took it from me because I chose to go out partying and go out with my girlfriends and go to Bunko and be on a bowling league and drink, drink, drink over being home cooking dinner for my kids, over being home watching a movie with my kids. Like alcohol was my priority. And now that all of that's gone, I have to work on my codependency. I have to learn that this program is my support and it allows me to live a glorious, beautiful, sober, blessed life without relying on anybody else to make me happy, without relying on the way someone looks at me to determine how I feel about myself. And all of that spiritual healing, all of that godliness that we get from our higher power exudes from us. 
And I am so, so grateful for all of you being on here tonight. You know, Susan, I just met at the AA convention and like, you know, your tribe, when you meet people, like immediately we connected and Lindsay, I sat next to her in Florida at an AA women's retreat. And it turned out we were both from Southern California and immediately we connected and she reached out to me to celebrate her two year birthday. So I reached out to her to let her know I was speaking tonight. And then Fernando, he asked me to speak on my one year birthday in Southern California. And to think that now I'm almost four years. I mean, the miracle of this program to just keep coming back to share from your heart because when I was able to hear the shares the night that I met our host, it was so freeing because it was another mom sharing that night about questioning her love for her children. And you know, we feel like we're not allowed to talk about that stuff. But in these rooms, other moms get it. Other dads get it. Like people relate to what we say when we're hurting. And by sharing it, it takes the power out of it. I don't have to live with that because I share it with God and I share it with another human being. And it releases the power into the universe. And I'll close with what I'm working on now. My sponsor has directed me to send love through the universe to my daughters. Send that energy of loving them as the mom I want to be. Because when I'm angry and I'm resentful and I'm mad, they feel it without even talking to me. So again, I change that perspective. When I love them and when I bless them and when I go to bed at night and say, I wish you all the happiness in the world and someday I hope to be in your life, they feel that. And I am so grateful. Thank you for asking me to share. Wow. Uh, thank you, Jody. That was amazing. Um, do you have a topic? Yes. I would love the topic to be letting go where we can just let go of those things that we're holding on to that bind us up. Amazing. Uh, yeah. So the topic is letting go and, um, if you'd like to speak, just raise your hand and, um, and we can just go accordingly, and then after, um, Jody can choose volunteers. Go ahead, Bruce. Uh, hi, everybody. I'm Bruce McCullough. Yeah, that was quite a story. Uh, yeah, I was just, uh, <coughs> yeah, I, uh, you were talking about wedding for your daughter. I, oh, yeah, I remember, uh, I, I remember I was at a bar, and I, I overheard a couple of people saying, I guess she's going to, says, yeah, ma'am, I'm going to have a nice big wedding uh, this weekend. He says, uh, you're going to invite Bruce? Says, I'm not going to invite him. He drinks too much. <laughs> yeah, so I know. 
Yeah, so, so I, I, I know the reason. Of course, I know every time I uh, get drunk and I uh, argue and, uh, and tell, tell people, you want to fight me outside? And Oh, yeah, they, they uh, just, uh, you know, when I, yeah, I came to the point every time I drank, I just, uh, I was just like an animal. And I just, I, uh, I just uh, was, I don't know, just, uh, you know, boisterous and brutal uh, and <laughs> yeah just uh you know and uh yeah so like i say uh and uh and you know i yeah i remember that time and uh like i had my last drink in 82 and uh uh yeah yeah got on a, a little scuffle and i'm in a bar and and wrestling in a wrestling on a bar and wrestling in the street and uh and I came home and um, she said, this, this is Easter and I had Easter clothes and I, all, all the clothes were all ripped up and everything. I was black and blue and everything. And I, so I said to myself that, 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 that night, and I, and, uh, step zero, this has got to stop. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that, that might have been my photo, like lightning. But, uh, and uh, of course, uh, the, the blue flashing light of the police car back in uh, three weeks ago. But, yeah, those. But you know, uh, yeah, as far as hold on to things, yeah, was just uh, you know, yeah, I guess that unfortunately I've been holding on to the, the a lot of things that happened in uh, high school. And, uh, anyway, but uh, there's something that things I don't I don't want to say in a, in, a, in a group. But you know, I just. Uh, I was a psychologist. I, uh, I, I, I shared, uh, I shared with my psychologist about my high school, my high school experiences and, uh, and, uh, yeah, just, uh, yeah. and, uh, yeah, we're going to get it out, but, you know, just, I still, still keep thinking about now and then, and, uh, and, uh, I say, I wish I let him have it. I wish I let him have it. You know, hey, why didn't I? <laughs> This is about uh, 55 years ago, anyway. But I, uh, I don't know, but I, uh, but the best thing I say is you I'm convinced can't do anything about the past. The past is gone, forget it. And, uh, and the best thing you could say, I learned from the past. And, uh, and, uh, and that's the best I could do if I, if I, and, uh, and I yeah, understand that. And I just, uh, you know, you know. <laughs> Fifty years ago, what are you gonna do? <laughs> anyway, but just, uh, but uh, yeah. Anyway, I, I, I one one person I had trouble with, uh, and, and she graduated with me. He, he's one of my best friends. I I, I talk with him. He's back in Connecticut. <laughs> he wants me to go to the reunion in January. But I'm not gonna go, <laughs> man. Uh, it's, it's cold, my it's it's, it's, uh, it's just uh, no. I just, I don't know, just don't like to take trips in January, <laughs> but, uh, I don't know, just, uh, you know, and it's going cross country and just, and, uh, you know, but like I say, just, uh, but I, much as I like to see the, like a lot of gang, I just, I know, I just, uh, <laughs> I don't know, but, uh, it's going to be here and I, uh, I'm looking forward to thank Donna. Yeah, I got a time slit and I'm time slot and I'm, um, going to, be the entertainer on 12 to 1, and I'm going to say, but so it's just always, 
So this is, if you look up close, my face is peeling off. And um, I always say in meetings, and I show this picture, and I say, just because you see a smiley face, you know, like Jody, you have no clue what their past is or what they've gone through. Um, I have six teeth that are crowns from whiskey in 2020. I started drinking all by myself in my house on this couch humongous bottles of whiskey and I couldn't stop. And I know that this is a progressive disease. I'm 38 years old and I was on a court card at 29 years old, forced to do AA. I hated AA. I got through the court stuff and I kept being a classy drinker through the years and then a shit-faced drinker. And then I learned to drink all by myself at my house. And it was, I was obsessed. I couldn't stop thinking about whiskey bottles. The wine turned to whiskey, it just, Anyways, I love AA, and um, what I've learned from Jody, this is a yes program. You say yes when you're asked to do things, if you're asked to go to coffee, if you're asked to lead. I'm in California, it's 9.30, you know, I want to be in bed, but I say yes, and um, go what, what do you, what have you ever gained from drinking? Usually I haven't gained anything, and um, I just, I, I used to complain and cry and be sad that um, I have no family, I hate the holidays, because as the holidays are coming up, they can be really hard for us. My dad's passed away and so is my sister, but now that I'm in AA, somebody walked up to me and said, you don't have to complain about not having family anymore, Lindsay. You have family, you have an AA family. Last Christmas, I spent it with AA people, like I, I have family now. And what the craziest thing is, when I talked about my dad and my sister being passed, they are passed from alcoholism and drugs. And yet I didn't get the hint. I thought I lived a sheltered life. I wasn't around them. And I knew it was in me, like from my family, but I never thought that it was me because I didn't start my drinking career until I was older. But um, AA has saved my life and I wish you all the best and pick up the phone, talk to people, stay in it. And you are loved no matter what, even when we relapse, you know, in the beginning I was relapsing a lot and um, people love you no matter what. And I'm so glad I'm on this meeting. Um, I can't wait to hear the rest of the shares. Thank you. That was amazing, Lindsay. Bevo. I haven't heard of Bevo, but I took my, put myself to college uh, with Bevo, how much money I gave them. Um, Jolene, go ahead, I think. Right, yeah, Jolene. I'm in a call. My name is Jolene. Not that I'm good time to lose home. Thank you, Jody, for sharing. Uh, I have four kids. I have four adult kids. And I raise my kids. I'm a single parent. I raise my kids myself. And uh, because of my alcoholism, I dealt with a lot. You know, as far as my kids are concerned, they were taken in 1995 and placed in Child Protective Services. They were returned to me two years later. And it was really difficult for me to um, reunite with them Family reunification was very, very difficult. And I stayed out there for about five years after I got them back. Codependency, marriages, married, divorced, three times. Uh, my children are from two marriages, my first two marriages. So, you know, I, I've learned in Alcoholics Anonymous that I created my problems. Until I could accept that, I could not accept anything else. I would attend meetings on a regular basis. And long time as would tell me at every meeting, every time I cry, whine, and you know, um, and ask and ask myself about, you know, my kids and why, you know, why, you know, I can't be a part of their life because they individually chose 
not to have me a part of their life. And I have to accept the fact that I caused all of that. I caused all of that. You know, I kept coming back to the meetings of Alcoholics Anonymous, State and Recovery Service, AA Unity, got a couple sponsors, and just kept coming back. You know, this program had taught me how to take care of me. Because when I'm able to take care of me, I'm better able to take care of my kids and others, you know. So it's a healing process, you know. We never get drunk and we never mess up overnight. We got drunk over a period of time and we caused danger to ourselves and to others. And I'm the kind of alcoholic that you have to, you know, I'm a visual person, yeah, so you got to show me. You know, you can talk and tell me anything you want, but you got to show me, you know. Alcoholics, we alcoholics are good people when it's come to come to talking, you know. We talk a good talk. But in Alcoholics Anonymous, they tell us, walk your talk, you know. So I keep coming back, you know. I'm service, you know, I have my home group. I've been in service for many, many years, you know. Um, I... I do a lot of group service. I was in service in the community, you know, carrying the message at the men's IHS, uh, family treatment centers uh, for youths in the psych wards here, suffering with alcohol and drug addiction. Um, done a lot of service because it helps us get out of ourselves and get into others and reach out. You know, we are responsible today in the next. When the next suffering alcoholic is there, you know, we are responsible. And uh, until we become responsible, things don't get better for us, you know. But I never look back today. I've learned, you know, to let go and give it to a power greater than myself to take care of me. And y'all help me take care of me. Today, I have good communication with my four kids. I have a daughter that's 40. I have another daughter that's 36. I have a son that's 31. My youngest child is 28. I have 13 grandchildren. I believe in this program because this program has shown me a way out of shame, shit, and misery. And for that, I'll always be grateful. Yeah. You know, and Jody, I, I really, really, really love to hear your courage and your motivation to trudge on. And that's what we do. You know, we moms go through a lot. Women suffer too. But I'm grateful because the program has shown me a way out. Thank you for sharing, Jody. Thank you for letting me share. Right on, Jody. That's beautiful, Jody. Go ahead, Susan. Hi, everybody. I'm Susan. I'm an alcoholic from Seattle. Um, great to see all you people here. Welcome to the newcomers. And it's great to see you, Jody. Um, I didn't hear all of that of your story the few days that I knew you, but that's pretty amazing. I had my children when I was sober. And I'm telling you, even as a sober person, we had a nice dysfunctional family. And, um, you know, I have regrets um, about how I raised my children. One in particular, um, both of my children know that I love them and they, they grew up in AA. One of them, however, is an active high-functioning alcoholic and the other one I think is a high-functioning codependent. So, I mean, they have all my mental health diseases so everybody got everything and uh you know i um i i have to let go of my daughter and what um what she's going through and one of the really strong messages i got 
when I went on a visitor in Tempe um, recently was, um, you know, I was going to maybe talk to her about, you know, what's going on or drinking and her overeating and her uh, cutting and whatever. And um, I got a really strong message from my higher power that what she needs more than anything is for me to love her no matter what. In fact, I found a bookmark that she gave me from third grade that said, thank you, mom, for helping me with my homework, dot, 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 and dot, 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 for loving me no matter what. That's in third grade. And um, so this daughter of mine needs to be loved no matter what. And that's why I think we get in this program. And even though she's not in the program, she needs several programs, I'm loving her no matter what. My latest uh, challenge, I've been sober a long time. The reason I keep coming back is because I have problems letting go. I mean, it's like, um, I I don't know how to let go. Sometimes I have to beat over the head by a two by four, and that's when I learned to let go. Um, But lately, it's been an obsession about finding a male companion in my life. And I'm just, I was so obsessed about this that I finally... You know, I got into some, I, I got into a book study on spirituality and I've been praying nonstop. And the message that came to me was like, this is something I should have known. Maybe get in a service, get out of yourself. And so my identity today is that I'm a recovering alcoholic and my purpose in life is to be of service. And so I kind of say this all day long, like, how can I be of service to whoever I'm talking to? You know, um, and it, you know, I don't know why I still have to learn this stuff, but I still have to learn this stuff. It just doesn't come natural, I guess, because I have an alcoholic brain. You know what I mean? But um, anyway, I guess that's all I've got. I'm just really tickled to be here. I really appreciated your share, Jody, and everyone's share, and hope to see you guys again. Thank you for that, Susan. Uh, it's beautiful. Uh, Erico? Hello, family. My name is Eric. I'm an alcoholic. Knucklehead. Men's Stag is my home. It's Friday, today. It's March 1st, 2012. And I am grateful to be in a virtual room of people who think and feel the way I do. And uh, Jody, great job. Um, you definitely think and feel the way I do. Um, I uh, I guess I got to get my uh, my chops in for, uh, you know, the Papa Bear gene is just as strong as the uh, Mama Bear gene. Uh, and I, you know, I completely related to, you know, the wreckage that you have created with your children. And it really, really hit home last week. My, uh, last week was my son's, uh, birthday and, you know, and I get very, you know, I got, I, I got two kids and my daughter, you know, my daughter handled the whole alcoholism thing between myself and, and, and their mom, uh, and our divorce and all that. She handled it really well. She's uh, she's literally you know she's on vacation right now in Paris right now, you know she she handled it as an adult, and my son on the other hand uh, did not. And you know talk about codependency you know with myself, uh, codependency with him and his mom, uh, and it's just really ugly. And you know the hardest thing that I ever ever did, harder than I, I truly believe that it was harder than quitting drinking. Other than quitting cigarettes and drugs and everything, was to to let that Papa Bear gene thing just let it go, and you know it all has to do with 
with resistance and it all has to do with me thinking, you know, the self-centered thinking that I can control his life and I know better than him. I know better than him as to what's good for him. And uh, that's me playing God. And, you know, ultimately, you know, what I am learning very slowly, you know, is that he's got his own higher power and I have to accept that. I have to let that go. Um, and, you know, what I need to do, you know, the, the whole concept of, of letting go or surrender or acceptance is, is, is really just yielding to rather than opposing the flow of life, you know. And, and the only place that I can do that is right here and now. And if I start thinking about what happened in the past, you know, I just I need to surrender and accept present circumstance unconditionally and without acceptance without 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 ex- exception you know uh and it, it's really it's really releasing uh that inner resistance to what is you know and, and really resistance is, is nothing more than you know making internal representations of what i don't want right it's counterintuitive but it's it, it i have found it to be the case and when I when I resist something, it looks like what I'm resisting is causing the strife. It's causing the trouble uh, and the the pain, you know, the suffering. But it's really the resistance itself that's causing the discomfort. The, the suffering doesn't come from from the circumstances. It comes from from me clinging to circumstances to being a certain way, my way, and that and that never works. Uh, and Jody, what I really, really liked, you know, with your share is, you know, it appears that you, you have, you have learned the true meaning of what love is and, and you, you, you know, you said it and it's to me, you know, true love is the ability and, and willingness to allow those that you care for to choose what they want for themselves without any insistence that they satisfy you. Uh, and it's, you know, to me, I think that love is a, is very misunderstood to be an emotion when really it's, it's really more, I'm learning to be more of a, a state of awareness, you know, a state of being in the world and seeing oneself and others. Um, love is definitely not dependency or, um, idolization or sentimentality or craving or (laughs) what gets me in trouble you know that physical attraction thing you know it's not it's not a trading uh, of mutual benefits um and it's not an attitude of musts and shoulds you know anytime love must do something uh it isn't love you know it's not love you know, if there's a sense of duty, it's not love. It's 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 self-centered compulsion. And I have found, and it sounds like um, that you you get it, Joey. That you know, any kind of re- human relation based upon those attributes is bound to become strained and, and easily broken. And uh, I'm learning slowly, man, <laughs> one little piece at a time. Um, thanks for letting me share. I am a hundred percent satisfied customer and I'm going to keep coming back. Right on, Eric. Oh, thank you for that. Is, is, does anybody have a burning desire or things that they might, uh, drink tonight? Yeah. Go ahead, Fernando. I mean, I don't have a burning desire to drink. Um, 
<laughs> I just wanted to say thank you, Jody. I, uh, you spoke when you were one year and you wanted to speak and you came very uh, truthful, honestly, and excited our group at the park at Glendora Park Friday night. And I just wanted to say I'm, I'm flying back early. I got a seven day free here in, in uh uh, but I, I need to go back for my service commitment at Friday Friday night for the barbecue where you spoke. So I want to be of service and because uh, I got so much so much already. Uh, God dropped down some love on me by getting up early for my 4 a.m. Zoom class. I just, oh, what the heck? I did it. I, I think God just sees our actions like our children see our actions. Going places, doing things, and meeting people, and going to Hawaii. That's what I used to tell my mom to do. I said, take that, all that real estate, and go out and have love. You know, we're going we're gonna to screw that money away anyway. Bye. Love you. Right on. Thank you, Fernando. You're muted. You're muted. Thank you, Fernando, and thank you, Susan. Uh, thank you all for this awesome meeting. Thank you, Alex, for the prayer, Jolene for how it works, Erico for the traditions, and Chad for the preamble, and most of all, our illustrious speaker, Jody. That was amazing. Um, Jody, can you take us out with the serenity prayer, please? those that are still suffering in and out of these rooms, please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity
Very cool. Fernando, if you're if you're around here, you should try uh, Knuckleheads on Tuesday at 8 o'clock. It's right near Waikiki, so it's really convenient. It's it's um, at Unity Church. You can look it up. 8 a.m.? At 8 p.m. Okay, 8 p.m. It's, uh, in my opinion, it's one of the best meetings. Uh, I, I got fired as a it's sponsor. Just, it's a lot of guys. The men's stag meeting. Oh, that's great. 8 o'clock on Tuesday. Yeah, it's right at Unity Church um, uh, in Diamond Head. So, like, Diamond Head is just right outside of, like, Key. Okay, you got it. I'll be there. But you'll, you'll, you'll meet, uh, uh, if, if you heard Eric O speak, Eric O and Alex, they both go to that meeting. I'm, I don't think I'm going to make it that day. But Very that's a solid meeting. Very good. That's a solid meeting. Knucklehead. Knucklehead. I got fired. I got fired as a sponsor. I got fired as a sponsor for calling a sponsee a knucklehead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a there's a there's so many good meetings on this island. Like you could just North Shore, Wide Eye, uh, on uh, TYG in Kailua every morning. Um, spiritual awakening like there's just there's some great recovery here and then yeah there's a bunch Kahala. of yeah Kahala. thank you thank you there's a bunch you know someone got like uh uncle john mason made 40 years there's another guy who's 45 there's another guy who has 50 years like and they actually like helped to like build like treatment centers here and wow stuff. wow beautiful yeah. beautiful Oh, and it's, it's an interesting place to 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 uh, you know it's it's good that we have that because the culture here is so drinking is so part of the culture like the sun goes down and everybody's drinking like no matter where you are and then um, and then it's just a tourist attraction so people just associate like being on the beach drinking here so it's like it can be a tough place to like get your head wrapped around being sober but luckily, um, you know, with with everybody and the strong community here, it's just it's really helped. Uh, I mean, it's really helped a lot of a lot of people, including myself. Very good. Awesome. Thank you. For sure. Yeah. All yeah. right, guys. Thank Thanks, you again. Good night. Bye, Jody. Bye. Bye. See you guys soon. See you guys. Thank you, Paul. I I want a cigar like Sung Cho. <laughs> Hi, yeah. Um, Faye, I just wanted to come in and thank you guys for letting me be part of your meeting. Um, I had to join a class or I had to join a group for one of my classes that I'm doing for my master's program. Um, and so this was the most interesting to me to join. But um, I just want to make a comment on what you just said about um, it's kind of part of the culture out here to drink. And um, I had I noticed more on Kauai when I was living on Kauai that it is very much like sunset goes down everybody's watching the sunset everybody's popping a beer um, and I had a couple aunties that I noticed were I guess undiagnosed alcoholics and it is on my on my behalf I guess I want to ask you what is the best way to support that or those kind of people who aren't diagnosed alcoholics just yet but you can totally see that it's affecting their life in a certain way i don't know how to i guess engage in conversation without culturally in a 
you know, being inappropriate or telling an auntie who's been drinking almost, you know, since they were 15 years old, like, oh, what you're doing is wrong. Well, everybody in her family is doing it every Sunday, you know. So I guess my question to you is how do I support an alcoholic without them being diagnosed alcoholic just yet? Yeah, that's a great question, and, and welcome, uh, Malala. And I'm so um, I'm so grateful that you uh, are here with an open mind. Uh, you know, it's an interesting thing. I'll, I'll I'll get back. I'll double back real quick. It's an interesting thing because it's kind of like drinking was not part of culture of the Hawaiian people or any Native people for that matter, right? Really, yeah. I don't even think really for Native Americans either, right? The, yeah, uh, liquor and alcohol were brought here by the colonizers and yeah. so you know we don't even you know it was like a, it was essentially it's it's kind of like a, a way called that chemical warfare right i mean they mm-hmm. kind of like brought that stuff and they wiped out certain tribes in alaska with alcohol you know so there's like certain tribes that like were building the first canoes that ever like came to the americas and those tribes have have basically been wiped out by alcohol and they only were introduced to alcohol less than like you know, 300 years ago, they were living thousands of years without alcohol. And, and the same goes for Hawaiians. Um, you know, so now it has become culture, but it wasn't, you know, mm. it's kind of like religion here, right? They didn't even know who Jesus Christ was until yeah. whatever, 200, 300 years ago. And yeah. then you know, it's like, so it's an interesting thing. Um, as far as, great question, as far as undiagnosed alcoholism, um, um, and how to approach somebody who who, who uh, is so has gone beyond the threshold of a heavy drinker or a functioning mm-hmm. alcoholic to a full blown alcoholic. Um, the way that the pro- our program works is what the way that it works actually, right? So AA is actually like the biggest union in the world, right? Like singular mm-hmm. singular union, right? You could say that like Christianity is a union, which it. It, it, it is some respect, but there's not like, but like AA is just one thing. We have no leaders. We have no initiation fees. We work with the spirit of rotation. So like for six months, I'm the, I'm the secretary and then I'll switch that and I'm no, and then I'll be the coffee guy. You know what I mean? Um, so that's why it, 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 it's, it's, it's a better system than politics, I think. Because um, it just strips you of the ego. Um, and so, and, and many other things. And then we are, we are a, a program of traction, not promotion, right? So mm. for instance, like I can try, try to tell my siblings or my friends who are uh, having problems with alcoholism, I could try to preach to them, which would be like try to convert them to what I believe in, which, which that's not really what we do. All I can really do is pray for them and then be an example them and then they opted by that by doing so they know where to come when they mm. want to be when they want to be brutally honest with themselves okay now, conversely though um if there is somebody that you uh, are having that you like I don't, I don't think it's especially as a normal person right it's yeah. almost like you would be called a normie right since you're not like you don't have the um allergy um and the you know the obsession of the mind compulsion of the body um that we have um, i i would say that you know 
the way that I got sober is because my loved ones, my close family, my extended family, and even my friends or even strangers really would just tell me, you know, I'm really worried about you. I think you have a problem with alcohol. And um, I think you might, you, you know, you might need, you know, you might need help. Well, I want to help you. You know, that's, there's no, there's no harm in that. Um, there's tons of, there's tons of literature. So there's things called the grapevine, or there's a big book, which is obviously very famous, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. It's the first 164 pages. It's interesting. The kind of the way that this thing works, in my opinion, this is, this is kind of off the record. And Fernando, you can stop me if I'm wrong, and Alex. But the kind of the way that this thing works is that if if I was to, what happened is, and what happens to most people is they'll come to one meeting, they will hear somebody's story, like uh, Jody tonight. And in that story, they will probably for the first time hear somebody say some very similar things or some things that they can relate to, right? And they'll go, oh my gosh, that's how I drink. Or, oh my gosh, you know, like, I, 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 that's, I'm not normal, right? That, that's, that's, no, normal people don't do that, right? Normal people don't get three DUIs and continue to drink, you know? Normal people don't like, you know, like do something crazy and then continue to drink. They just go, oh, whoa, that's, that, I just did that crazy thing. I'm, I'm done with alcohol. You know, that's what, like for, for instance, for instance, like I, nobody, nobody on the planet earth will go home tonight and drink 30 bottles of water, right? Nobody will do that. But I, I have for many, many years drank 30 beers like it was no problem, right? right? That's, that's not normal. And so I think if you could get a piece of literature in front of them, that, and that's like a grapevine or you can just do it on your phone or if you, or if, you know, if they were to read something uh, out of the big book, especially the 100, first 164 pages or one of the stories in the back, any, anything in that book, if they, were to, if they were to read it, I guess I'll talk about my own experience. When I read that, I was like, oh, that's me right there. And, and that's pretty much everybody, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty low bottom drunk, which means like, I did everything aside from like selling my body and slamming needles in my arms before I quit. You know what I mean? There are some that are higher bottom drunks where like they got, they, they had a few rough nights and then they, they knew that they were an alcoholics, you know? So I don't know where your aunts um, fall under, but um, it's I mean, it's almost become like a lifestyle. I feel like she'd wake up and it's like, I, I noticed when I stayed with her for a couple of days, when I was moving, transitioning between Kauai to Oahu, um, I noticed that she was like waking up and it was like Tito's and water and lime was her morning drink. And I'm like, whoa, we just, it's eight o'clock in the morning. I just, I need coffee before I needed this. And she's like, oh, you're fine. But there's water in there. And it was almost hard to take it from like a joking conversation of this is kind of a lot to like her taking it seriously. So, I mean, I'm, I'm in my master's program right now and I'm in my, I have one more year till I can get licensed um, in clinical work, but I have the reason they're having us go through these groups um, right now and join different groups and get our hours in is so that we can learn like what is it that you guys struggle with internally that becomes a conversation rather than pointing out that you're an alcoholic, you know, and 
really having conversation about those rooted causes rather than, you know, you going to the alcohol as the coping mechanism. And so I'm really trying to navigate between, and I loved hearing everybody's story today because that really, there was so much um, respect from my end to you guys of how open you were and how uh, visible you guys were with your reasoning for why you guys became sober. So I was trying to, trying to, you know, pick and choose between your guys' stories and see what really was that like ending conversation where you kind of got that wake up call and was like, okay, this is my reason for getting sober. Um, Cause you know, every, there's every successful book out there that talks about successful people always tell, tell you to find your why and that's your motivation. It's going to keep you going. So I always try to find people's whys when I go to these groups. And um, alcohol is one of those things out here in Hawaii that's really hard to pinpoint as a problem. Like you said, it's such a casual thing to happen out here. Um, when I was living in Oregon, it was like weekends, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, if you went out and you were drinking. And if, during the week, if you we're hanging out in a casual setting. We had wine or something, but here I'm drinking way more than I've ever had in my life since moving to Hawaii myself. And I'm not an alcoholic. So I can't imagine having that gene and having that activated when you get out here. Um, but yeah, it's just the conversation I'm, I'm struggling with, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's really, so it's, I mean, I'm, I really, I, I really admire you because, and, and then I'm also more, more just really excited for you because, like, like I am a filmmaker, right? So I'm, I don't know if I can say I'm an artist. That's kind of a weird thing to say, but like, yes, I you mean, can. That is totally a talent. <laughs> art, right? And the thing about Amy is amazing. Like, like, like what you just witnessed. I don't know if you heard Jody's whole story, but like that's the reason why I asked her to speak, right? Because. Like, here you have a woman, when you look at her, you can look at her as a stranger on the street. Nothing looks controversial about her, right? She looks like a, like a, like a, like a, uh, uh, one of those, like, you know, wealthy women that live, you know. A Karen. She looks like a Karen. Or whatever, right? And then all of a sudden, like, she has no relationship with her children. Her husband left her. You know, you know, and she drank her whole life away. I mean, it's just like, it's, it's amazing. Even that girl, Lindsay, I'm like, you look totally healthy and fine, right? And, and 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 so that's the great thing about like like especially for like a case study point perspective like if you were to just go on like every zoom meeting i mean even from like there's so many right australia new zealand london japan you can usually like just go online and be like AA meetings in china right or whatever it is you can like log in and like hear some insane stories like it's like better than a, it's like better than a movie and, and you can and you can hear these people um, and, uh, 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 you know, but I mean, it's it's funny because you can hear all these crazy stories. It's funny because you know the human race has exist existed for how how long it's existed, right? And and then and then and then even with like mental health issues, right? So let's just say like like when I went to a therapist and I talked to him about my problems, a therapist could be like, "Well, did your father not pay attention to you? Even though you were being a good boy, your father didn't pay attention to you." And then finally, when you started using drugs and alcohol, then he paid attention to you. I'm like, oh my God, that's so crazy that you know that. How did you know that? He's like, welcome to the world. Like, you're like one of like 100 million people that's going through that exact same thing right now. You know what I mean? And, and that and that's that's the case with alcoholism as well. It's like, we usually, um, we usually are, you know, 
and everybody comes from a different background, but a lot of times it'll, it'll be like, it'll be just be like shy, insecure, ran in the family. Um, uh, um, you can, you, you can be the most popular guy at school and be shy and insecure, right? You're right. And, 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 uh, a lot of times like very talented, um, has everything going for them. And then, and then just has this, this either just, you know, predisposed sort of gene makeup or, um, I like to think of it like, it's like a perfect puzzle piece, right? That makes you an alcoholic. It's like, for, at least I'll speak for myself. I was shy. I was artistic. I was sheltered. I was insecure and it ran in my family. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and then I, like all of a sudden when I found alcohol, I was like, Oh my gosh, this thing is amazing for, for being like being an artist. Like I can draw all night long. I can speak to people. If you're a singer, you can like, you can like sing, you know what I mean? Or, uh, you can write poetry, you can paint, you can make films, you can do all these things and like enhance it. And all of a sudden you think you're fucking Ernest Hemingway, right? Then, and then what happens is, is they say, well, God gives you wings when he gives you alcohol and then he takes away the sky, right? But that's what happens. Eventually, what was great for you, that's just like medicating yourself, now it doesn't work anymore. And then you really need the perfect puzzle piece to, to solve that. And, and what that is, 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 you know, and it works, so, you know, is it, is it impossible to, to get sober without AA? Absolutely. But everybody's going to try to step aside what tells, what people tell them that what works. They're like, oh yeah, I'm just going to do religion or I'm going to do uh, uh, self-help books or I'm going to do uh, working out or I'm going to, you know, whatever it is. It's like, hey man, you can do all those things. I'm just telling you right now, like you just do these certain things and you like stick to them. Hundred percent of the time, almost it's gonna it's gonna work out, right? And yeah. that has a lot. Yeah, rarely do we fail, and that you know, throwing us right? So it's like getting a sponsor, getting somebody, getting somebody to show you the way, right? How how to work these steps and like you know show you the path, right? Getting a mentor, right? Then you get, then you do the steps, right? Which is basically, even if you weren't an alcoholic, doing the steps would benefit anybody, right? Oh, cleaning out the blackness of your life, cleaning out the skeleton in your closet, making amends to the people that you have wronged, forgiving, forgiving the people that you have you have wronged, um, and, and 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 doing all these things, right? And um, and then like being of service, right? Like. You can you can you can buy a yacht. You can become a millionaire. You could have sex with twelve models or whatever it is. Those, those are all pleasurable things. But the only real way you're going to get pure joy in this world is by helping people, right? And that's what AA teaches you. It's like you're just a service, and, and, and then it makes you accountable. And there's you know, so it's like getting a sponsor, um, hanging out with the fellowship, trusting in something other outside of yourself and other a power greater than yourself. And doing all these things if you do all those things that's like the perfect puzzle to solve um your 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 alcoholism and and you know it, it's it's a daily thing like do you know i've been sober for six years almost seven years am i going to drink tomorrow i have no idea i'm pretty sure i'm not going to if i gonna drink tonight I, I i can almost guarantee you i'm not gonna drink tonight, you know but like i i also work at this like every single day and mm. so that's also something too, like, and these are all things that you'll learn immensely by going to meetings, which is like, you know, yeah. 
No, I learned so much tonight. Like, for sure. You can't just go to, like, your mental patients and people, like, you can't really do that as, as easily accessible as you can and listen to AA meetings all day long. And it's like, like, it's yeah. like watching episodes of Intervention. It's, it's really good, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's basically free therapy. Whenever um, the First Lady jo- Jody was sharing, um, the amount of self-acceptance that she has for the harm that she's done and how those people are reacting to that harm mind-blowing because even I struggle with that and I don't I'm not in AA and I'm struggling with accepting the fact that somebody hates me for a reason or somebody doesn't want to talk to me for any reason it's so um it was so humbling to see somebody just like my daughter doesn't want me to be part of it and that's okay and that's for her and I'm like I would throw a fit I would I would show up to the wedding anyways (laughs) yeah I know I know I thought that's what I'm saying like this thing is one of the best kept secrets in the world because like even no. my, yeah my father is like an awesome amazing man very successful he's so immature and like if he were just to do this do this practice he, his his whole life because you know what it is really what it is is what it is is it's, it's spiritual it's 100 percent spiritual right so it's like okay what does the universe want me to do okay got it and then you like do it right and then you like you're like okay i'm gonna like not drink alcohol because it's destroying my body right that's number one then like all of a sudden you're like okay i'm gonna like be and help i'm gonna help people and like even if you just did those two things right then you just see the rewards like giving back to you in, in for sure in, for in, sure in, 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 and then it, and then you and then all of a sudden like you thought like oh like jody like watch guarantee you jody stays sober for 10 years her whole family's gonna fucking love her like that's just not guaranteed, but nine times out of ten, that's usually what happens. Just, just because she's just going to be an amazing person. I mean, and look at, look at, look at how that's a testament of this program. If I was Jody and my kids didn't talk to me and I was sober, I would probably drink because I'm like, yeah. well, nobody, nobody gives a shit about me anyways. Yeah. But she's like, no, I actually am good with that, and I'm actually having like a really great life even without them in my life and I'm having like this other like full on like amazing experience and I'm going to stick it out with this thing and I just just, no No, and I I didn't I personally didn't know that you couldn't be part of AA meetings without being an alcoholic so I think that's something too that people don't understand is how much they can learn like I mean for me just from an outsider have learned so much about alcoholism just sitting through a an hour meeting so I can't imagine of like family members or like if people were just to join something like this on their free time, it's like free therapy almost. So I don't know why they wouldn't. But. Yeah. I would, I would suggest, I mean, you're the one who's doing it. So you're, you're already doing it, but I would, I would seriously probably do exactly what you're doing. Stay till the end of the meeting and then just ask people at the end, like questions and they'll, they'll be more than willing. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's what awesome. the thing's all about, right? It, it, it only really works if you give it away and and surprisingly like once you have it people just start coming out of the woodwork because they see it in you you're right you just like people like notice like oh or they find out like hey fine you're sober yeah and then they're like and then and then you help people and then that's how this thing works it's like a perpetual a perpetual uh, thing and that's and that's honestly how the that's how nature works right it's just 
cycle. Rain, the rain falls, the sun hits the plants, and then it makes air for us. And you know what I mean? It's just, it's, it, that's, that's what I mean. It is. Yeah. yeah. No, thank you so much for letting me join and answer my questions. This is so helpful. I will try and join again, honestly. I, are you guys doing this every Sunday at the same time then? Yeah, we do this every Sunday at 7.30. Okay. I will try to join again. This was so helpful, honestly. Right, thank I'll, you so I'll much. I Thank you. God bless. Okay, okay, Fernando. Okay, Alex. See you later, Fernando. How was it? Was that okay, Fernando? Uh, that, was, that was excellent. It's we, kind of exciting. We get, the, we, we get those students all the time, and Wait, that's, that's, that's really good. Yeah, we get the students over there in Glendora, but, and uh, Christian students come to sit in, and that was a great explanation because I always got to, we don't have that much time to talk to them this way. You got yourself an announcer that will send people this way. That's outstanding. Thank you. Right on, Fernando. Yeah, Hello. Have a great week, my brother. Yeah, hope to see you uh, Tuesday, Fernando. Yeah, okay. I, I'm going to... We'll do. I'll be there. I'll need a ride home from there. I'm going to take the bus out there. Where do you live? <laughs> I'm over here at the Hilton on the... Uh, really? Easy, easy, easy. It should be easy. All right, I could try. I could buzz you home. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's just an easy walk over there, and then I'll just need a ride home. That would be cool. Thank you. Eight o'clock, knuckleheads. <laughs> That's the one. Thanks a lot, Richmond. I got a, I got okay. a woman. I got a baby. I got a baby to tend to. See you later. See you later. God bless. Bye. Bye. God bless you.